Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. Your self-talk? I like to I hear do. my self-talk, too. It's terrible. It's really bad. Plus, it's, know. like, really hard to hear you talk anyway. What? Well, that's all right. I'll just read your lips. <laughs> You'll just... It is not that hard. At least you're not in my headset, so that's a good thing. Right. Well, I mean, it throws you off, right? It really does. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to blame David. I will, too. I Good. I'm glad we're on the same page. I need, I need to get my shirt on when he gets here. You know. That's going to be cute. Is it? That's going to be cute. You know, he gets I in at he midnight Vegas tonight. He really likes California. He... He is. I heard he's a he's a fan of of California. He is. Yeah. He's probably going to move to California. He <laughs> loves their politics. He loves Nobody everything. Likes their politics. I, I, that's I, not I the reason Dave, why you stay in California. I think that's David's whole thing. I think he loves their politics. He says he doesn't because he doesn't want to be the outlier. Okay. I think that's really what it is. He likes paying taxes and then uh, watching them spend the money on things that you don't really need in the state. That's waste my it away. Part of it. Just waste away. Waste just like cool. That's exactly what I would have spent my money on too. I appreciate you doing it for me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's like when, absolutely. You, when you live with your parents and they give you an allowance and then they charge you for things you don't need. It's like it's like that. <laughs> well, just, Where I'm do saying, I sign up? <laughs> Where do I sign up? This sounds like something I would do, right? Okay. Well, they got really good food. <laughs> they and, do have good food. Yeah, I'll give and you that. Weather, it's really nice too. It is. It is. You know, the last time I was in California, there was a. Um, what did they call that? It was called an atmospheric river. Okay. That's that, ha- that happens once every 10 years. Yeah. So you were lucky. Yeah. It was like, you know, I got to see what it's like when it's rainy in California. And That's all the nice. people there acted like they had never seen raindrops before. That's very true, too. Yes. Yeah. Jimmy Purdy. What's up, buddy? How are we doing? I'm good. How are you? Vegas, man. I know. This is a crazy show. It's crazy. How, how many times have you been here? This is the third year in a row. Wow. Yeah. It, it, have you ever seen a trade show of this size and magnitude Not before? Not this size. I mean, honestly, without sounding like I've been under a rock, I mean, I don't do a lot of trade shows. I mean, ASTE yeah. was my first time this year. Yeah. This is all new to me, man. Yeah. Like, and you, you just put your head down, you do the grind, you know? Right. You listen to what you can, and then as your resources grow, you start finding people, you're making yeah. friends. And Connections. Like, and then it just starts unraveling you know and yeah you're like, well, one leads this has to been another, here the whole time <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely um so I, I think everybody in the group knows but you're one of the podcasts tell us about your podcast yeah the gearbox podcast so i enjoy it i learned so much and it's part of my journey my process of I, as i've been going through tech to shop ownership to focusing more on 
right. being a shop owner and being a manager, right? Because we're all a technician, we're a manager, or not, we're an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. And if anybody knows that book, they can probably reference what I'm talking about. Right, for sure. And, and you have these three competing thoughts in your head all the time. And so learning, listening to other podcasts, listening to YouTube channels, getting out to trade shows, meeting people. Right. Um, I realized like that's a big deal. And I've done a radio show for a long time, so I got comfortable with the mic. Right. And I think that's the biggest problem is a lot of people don't like to hear themselves talk or like, right. I don't know. Right, you know, hearing yourself and hearing yourself and like sitting down recording, like what am I going to talk about? Right, it's like right. when you get on stage, you get the stage fright, and it's like the same thing yeah. happens when you get in front of a mic, right? Right. But I've learned through having that radio show in my local town. Okay, I got comfortable with it, right? And it's like if I can pull people and talk to them one on one, they just start opening it up. Yeah, it's amazing, right? And, and I'm sure you've seen a, that process course, too, right? Of course. Yeah. Well, and and so one of the big things about it is 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 you know we go all over the country and we host these polls. Right. Yeah. And when we host the polls or, or we not polls, but um, panels, when we do those, one of the things I tell the people that are on the panel is like, hey, slow down and listen to what the other person's saying. Yeah. Don't think about what it is that you're going to say. Right. Don't be preparing what your topic is. And so both of our shows and Jeff's too are all very, very much founded on this concept of having conversations, like real conversations, right. not bullshit conversations, right. not like up the wall conversations where they're polished and we talk about a very specific thing in a very specific way. It's about having real conversations with people who are in the shoes that, that everybody that listens to the show yeah. is in right now. Yeah. Right. And I, I think that's probably one of the biggest things about uh, doing the show and listening to your show and listening to Jeff's show is that there are so many people who could benefit just from listening to these conversations and a understand they're not alone, but B really begin to understand like a different creative aspect. Yeah. So a guy stopped by the booth this morning. He's telling me about this product that he offers and he was telling me about what he was doing. And somehow we got onto the subject. We've got a, um, we have a, um, like a advisory council meeting that's coming up here really soon. Are you that deaf? I can't. Yeah. You want me to yell? <laughs> Okay, I will yell very loud. You might talk just a slight bit louder. I'm already half deaf, and it's like, huh? Yeah. Did yeah. you say something? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, there it is. <laughs> There's that bullshit again. Here we go. Uh, but you know, here's the thing: is that like that we're talking about this event that we're having at the local high school, and this local high school is is basically a working auto repair shop. And it's for the students to work on the teacher cars, right? Right. And so the instructor teaches them all the way through the process. And he said, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. And I was telling him about ASTA. And one of the things that we do with ASTA is that we really believe that like, hey, we want to expand their horizons. We want them to understand coming into automotive doesn't just mean you're a technician. It could mean that you're um, in marketing. It could mean that you're in web development. It could mean that you're in engineering. There's so many things you can do in automotive. And you come to a trade show like Apex. Yeah. And it opens your eyes. You really see that. You see yeah. what the potentials are. And, and so that creativity, that willingness to branch out and to think outside the box mm -hmm. is really a lot of what, in my opinion, I, I'm not going to put words in your mouth or tell you what your show's about, but like listening to your show, that's a lot of what your show's about for me is because I'm listening to what the other people are saying and hearing their different takes on it and their different perspectives. And so now I'm not in this little box closed in. My mind opens up and I think about the way other people think about things, yeah. the way other people see things. How did the radio show start? Local shop. Guy I looked up to my my younger days of 
becoming a, a technician, right? Yeah. And it was all part of getting into schooling. We have a local quick. Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. College, and similar to what you're talking about, yeah. the auto shop department is is massive. Okay. It's where the state referee runs his operation out of. You can go in there and from getting your smog license to getting into the bay and like pulling out a teacher's transmission and like rebuilding it, putting it back yeah. in, that, all that stuff would happen. Right. That's where I got my smog license. So in this smog class, I remember seeing this guy. He'd be in that class. This guy's in his late 50, early 60s at the time. Wow, this guy is still learning. It blew my mind. I'm like, he already he owns a shop. He's right. been doing this he for 20, 30 know years. Everything. He knows everything. Yeah. And he's still here learning. Like, And it gave me the confidence because nobody wants to go learn because then yeah. you feel like you're stupid, right? Yeah. And it's like, that's why I still go to training classes to today and i always will right. because you you can always pick something up always learn something right absolutely <clears throat> i think the issue a lot of people have is they don't want to be asked the stupid question they don't want to look like they're yeah. the one that doesn't know anything so anyway to get back to him it was like that kind of so i always looked up to him because he's always learning he's always yeah. continuing his education and his shop was kind of down the street maybe 100 yards from me well he was selling a shop at the time when i was purchasing the one i was getting okay so, and I knew he did the local radio show. It's an AM radio station. Every Saturday he got, got on. I didn't listen to him all the time, but I'd listen and people call in and give this advice. And he was so humble and like just the nicest guy. Like, right. you know, and I thought it was just so cool. So I went and asked him about it. Oh, I'll probably do it remote. And I just went down to the radio station and I said, hey, look, I don't know if there's like a list or anything, but if I can like put my name down. Yeah. to uh, maybe get involved in this, let me know. He's like, why what's happening with Jeff? I was like, well, he, he's selling a shop. I figured he's retiring. And that kind of like blew the cap off of it. And I was, oh man, I, I, I didn't mean oh, to like. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, was so, he upset? <clears throat> no, I mean, he's way too nice of a guy to, even if he was, you yeah. know? So I went and asked him and talked to him. Like, look, I didn't mean, he's like, oh no, you know, like that makes sense, you know? And uh, he was supposed to go for two more weeks. Yeah. And he ended up stopping the show like the first week of the month. So his con, not contract, but I talked to Kevin, which was the, own, the, the owner of the station. He said, okay, you're going to be starting at the beginning of next month. Well, Jeff, Jeff was the guy. He came in and, and he stopped it 
that week. And then for the rest of the month, he's like, he wasn't going to go in. Yeah. So I had to start a little early. Oh, and I man. got the vibe because he did that, that maybe he, he was, was a little perturbed. I don't know. I don't know. Did you ever I, talk to him? Oh, yeah. <coughs> so a lot of his equipment he was selling. Yeah. I went and just pretty much bought whatever he had. I was like, you just yeah. name your price. Let me know what you want and I'll, I'll buy it. I don't, right. I don't know if that helped or not, but right. I mean, honestly, I felt, I felt like I kind of stepped on someone's toes a little bit, Yeah. but I mean, I wanted to do it. I was like, yeah. I want to do this. This is the coolest thing I've ever, and I've listened to this AM station my whole life. I grew up in the town. It's like right. a big deal to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and look, I, I know of a couple instances where I found myself in a similar situation where I said something or I did something. And yeah. I didn't realize the consequence of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I didn't think about that. And kind of like you did. You went in there because you were excited about it and said something. And that kind of kicked the ball rolling. You didn't mean for it to work out the way it did. And, and you know, look, I've been through that multiple times where I've been like, oh, my God, I cannot believe I've done that. Right? Yeah. And, and you know, that's life. That's part of being a human being. Yeah, right? and it happens every day. It's going to yeah. keep happening. Yeah. I don't know. Try to stay humble about it. Right. Make an apology if you need to, but honestly, yeah. if you're if you're doing it for the right reasons, I feel yeah. like that's just the nature of the beast. You know, yeah, it's just that's just absolutely far for the course. If it wasn't me, it was somebody else, and that goes like the same thing with running your shop every day. If you don't let your clients know about an issue with your vehicle, the next guy will, yeah. right? Yeah, but they might see things, other things are going to sell, so they're not going to give you the same quality service that you could give your client. Yeah, so. I think it's a big hang up. I noticed with a lot of other shop owners in my area is like, well, I, I just don't want to scare my client away. I don't yeah. want, like, dude, if you don't do it, the next guy's going that, to. I hear it all the time. That won't work here. You don't know my client. Yeah. You don't. And and look, I, I posted a reel or I've got a reel that I need to put out. It, it's um, in my phone right now. And I've said this so many times. Look, when we talk about the 300% rule, I'm not talking about selling stuff. I'm talking about my job as a professional, right? Right. My job as a professional is to tell them about their car and educate them and make them aware of the condition of the automobile, right. make them aware of any potential incoming cost, right? To the best of my ability, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't see into the future, but if I can provide them as much information as I can and give that to them in a way that they can dissect it and understand it, right? That's my responsibility as a professional. And allow them to make a professional decision based on Exactly. Facts. Informed. Yeah. 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 We yeah. want them to be informed. Yeah. And so, so many people get caught up in the, this is about selling something. No, it's not about selling something. It's about providing them information. And, and I think that's one of the major, um, one of the major hangups in our industry or the major roadblocks that we've got Yeah, is because there's so few shops that follow that process and do it the right way that we're in a situation where the consumer doesn't know that's how it's supposed to be done, yeah. right? And the consumer, so what do they say? Well, they're trying to sell me something. No, I'm trying to educate you about your car. I'm trying to make sure before we go spend money, and I tell people all the time, dude, I, I've said it many, many times. It was a deal where a lady came in, and she decided that she wanted a transmission put in her car. She knew the transmission was bad. And I put the transmission in the car. That's what she asked for, right? And this was when I first started the shop. So I put the transmission in the car. And we go in. We put it in. We're doing all this cool stuff. She says, hey, great. Thank you. Picks the car up. Goes on about her way. We're good. No problems. Love it. Two months later, differential comes out of it. Yep. Oops. This sucks. Well, I, I, I know I told you I didn't want to know about anything else. And I just want a transmission put in it. But if you knew the differential was coming out. Like, isn't that kind of your fault? I would have never spent that money in the car. 
oh crap right like because yeah. now i'm looking at it you know the the shop owners typically their their motive or what they're saying about this is is well if i'm telling them about it it could be selling them selling them something they don't need right now right well well they do need it they might need it six months from now right like it's wearing now it's it's not completely failed at this point right but at least if i'm informing them they can prepare for that if i'm not informing them in my opinion i'm ripping them off because now they might approve a big repair and then something else fails that i knew about absolutely whose fault is that that's my fault the whole the shop that i bought it was transmission shop still is i don't build as much so i wouldn't technically consider what we do a transmission shop we yeah. definitely specialize in that genre yeah um i i will build them i understand the process i can diagnose them i can yeah. all that stuff right so one of the main issues from the previous owner was exactly that we are yeah. a transmission shop we don't change oil we don't do brakes don't look at the rest of the vehicle yeah it comes in here because it's on the hook and it's got no drive no reverse no whatever yeah. we're putting a transmission in and, and see you later i couldn't tell you how many times that happened oh dude come back screaming screaming yeah. i would not have spent at the time twenty five hundred dollars so this right. is this is a long time yeah ago. i know right <laughs> in california wait a minute transmissions were ever twenty five hundred dollars in california you know there's a local guy and he's still doing in-house rebuilds for twenty five hundred for pretty much and so anyway holy yeah, crap yeah. so to talk about this won't happen to my you can't charge this much because there's other guy trust me we're all dealing with it right yeah this is a guy yeah. i know i've known a whole a long time he owns a property owns a building he owns a shop he does the work he's looking at selling the shop but he does pretty much anything twenty five hundred dollars yeah bring it in drive it out your bill's gonna be twenty five hundred dollars for a rebuild i don't know what he's putting in the rebuilds doesn't matter it, it works right. when it leaves but anyway regardless of the point that was the problem i had with that shop before i took it over was that nothing got checked yeah coming for the transmission you do that and leave and six months later it'd be a problem so day one when i took over when the vehicle comes in we're charging the client 150 dollars yeah for our basic hourly rate to look right. this vehicle over not a free dvi not a free inspection no it comes in and that was the conversation i have each and every one of them clients right. said well what i gotta pay for okay so if you think you need a transmission and we do that, and you spend six or seven thousand dollars, yeah. And you come back to me two months later because your brakes are grinding, because your water pump's leaking, because you need a differential, yeah. Are you going to be happy about spending another five thousand dollars? Absolutely not. And that was the conversation I had. And it's like, oh, I get it. Like, yeah, yeah, let's let's look at it. Let's let's put everything out on paper that we can possibly see, and that way you know if like, are you spending six or seven, or are you looking at spending ten or twelve thousand? Right. And and I, I think that maybe we've derelicted our duty as professionals. As, as automotive technicians and automotive yeah. shop owners. Um, and, and I guess by, by saying that, what I'm trying to say is that we've, we've allowed the standard to creep. You know what I'm saying? You ever experience creep in your life, like experience creep or a, a financial creep where your bills start going up? You see what I'm saying? Like bills going up, but your income stays the same. Staying the same, yeah. and like you, you know, maybe you get a little more income, and and so you go out and you spend a little bit more money, and a little bit more money, and a little bit more money, and you don't realize that you're doing it, and so it slowly creeps, and you don't realize it's changing. 
And so I think, you know, I'm not going to say that our industry's ever really got this right. I don't mean that. I don't know if any of them really have on, right. your, on your point, yeah. Of course. But I also see that we're creeping in the right direction now. Does that make sense? In other yeah. words, like more and more shops are acting as professionals and treating consumers the you way know, tr- consumers To bring that up on that point. So last night we went to Gordon Ramsay's restaurant, yeah. right? So we sat at the chef's table, which I don't recommend that. Okay. I, think, I think it was kind of a... I, th- I think they got us. A so they, 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 yeah, yeah, they definitely uh, <laughs> right. They showed us this chef's table, but the cool part about it is we got to talk to one of the lead chefs or head chefs yeah. during our meal, right? And what we had brought up, which kind of jokingly, it was like, "Hey, we're in Gordon Ramsay." He's like, "Everything good? Everything you guys like it? Everything's like, I haven't heard anybody yell yet, and I've watched a lot of Gordon Ramsay right, music. Right. I was like, I was looking forward to someone getting yelled at, and yeah. he kind of took it a little more seriously, and he's like, "Look, we have systems and processes in place that allows everyone." to do their job. So there's really no need for yelling. Hey everyone, it's Lucas. I'm sorry to jump in, but I thought it was important to come and say this. You know, I'm often asked, why do we always talk about Kim and Brian Walker and shop marketing pros on the show? It's because we genuinely believe in their product. Why do I use them for my own marketing? In fact, they're building me a new website right now. It's not cookie cutter. I kept getting on Facebook and every shop looked the exact same. I didn't want to be that. And it's not just that. It's that they're part of your team. When you hire them to do your marketing, they get to know you. They know what you believe. They know what you say, and they know why you do what you do. And they share that with your clients. That's huge. And beyond all of that, probably the most important factor in all of this is they stand behind their work. So don't wait. Go today and get your free marketing analysis from Shop Marketing Pros. They're genuinely our friends, and they're genuinely here to help shop owners have a better life. Click on the link in the show notes for your free marketing analysis today. That's right. It's free. doesn't cost you a dime. Because everybody knows what they need to do, and if they don't want to do that, we just replace them. And it was like, whoa, light bulb, right? Right. And and the generations has changed. And this is a younger guy. He was probably in his mid-30s. Right. Um, Well, the next generation won't tolerate that. Yeah. The next generation will not tolerate it like we used to. But it's not in the chefs. It's it's the same as, like, the shops, kitchens, everything. It's like, it's all changed, you know? You know, I, I know that it frustrates the heck out of people like Dutch. Right. It really drives him nuts because, you know, he came from that tough generation. He came from the tough love generation. Yeah. Right. And and I've even got a reel where he's talking about that. Like, hey, you know, it's not their fault. It's mine. Like I failed them. I, I didn't teach them. I, I Look, I don't necessarily think that the next generation is a problem. Right. I think every generation that's gone before looks at the next generation and says, whoa, we've really dropped the ball. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. I think this next generation is different. Right. Remember the Seth. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it. We're at Apex. You probably should not have had a chance to watch it yet. But the Seth Godin video that I sent you. I got about halfway through it. The other one. Uh, yeah. A whole different mindset. Right. And yeah. and like I think there has to be a paradigm shift in automotive and and as business owners as a whole. We have to start looking at this in a different light. We have to start. You know, Tim Kite. Um, I always talk about his videos on the on here. The. um Focus Media, or I can't remember, Focus 3 uh, Leadership Coaching is what they call the business. But one of the things that that stands out to me is in one of his videos, he's talking about leadership. And he said that if you are going to lead people, you have to be going on a journey. You have to be going somewhere. Yeah. And so if you're not going on a journey and taking people with you, you're going on a personal trip. 
yeah, right? That's true. Yeah. And so I think that this next generation really needs to be led and they want to go on a journey. They want to accomplish something. The more people that I talk to and, and like, dude, I get on, I get on these Ubers, right? Like get in the Uber and head down the road. I'm a talker. So I'll, I'll start asking questions. And last night uh, we're, David rents a, uh, an Airbnb. Okay. Let me put this out there for you. David rents an Airbnb and it's an hour and seven minutes away from here. From here? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but it's only 30 miles. I was like, dude, in Vegas, <laughs> 30 miles at one mile an hour. <laughs> Bro, that not, was a $212 we're not, Uber. We're not in Kansas anymore, <laughs> no, Dorothy. Right. And so, um, and so we're going out there and, and it's a completely silent ride out. And then on the way back, I'm talking to uh, I'm talking to him and and he says oh I want to be an automotive technician because we told him why we were here we're at Seaman Apex and he said uh, I want to be an automotive technician and and we begin to talk and we're talking about like his vision for the future and what he's looking for and he says you know I don't have any experience so I went to UTI I spent a lot of money going to UTI I'm in school right now I've gone to Subaru and I've asked for a job and I'm trying to get this job with Subaru. And so I began to ask questions like, hey, where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? And he's kind of planned it out, right? Like he's got this vision in his head of where he's going. And I know a lot of younger kids, they don't have that yet. Yeah. But I was so inspired to see this guy like has this vision and this idea of where he's going. And so I realized that nobody had been there to refine that vision for him. Nobody had been able to be there to set realistic expectations and to define what this journey is going to look like and what he should expect and what he shouldn't expect. Right. And, and, you know, you, you talk relatable is that though? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the, the Andy Andrews deal where he talks about, um, uh, Cortez, right. And Cortez was a conqueror. And he said that, you know, he takes them up onto the, to the boat and he's telling them like, Hey, here's what to expect. And here's how your children are going to live. And here's what we should expect from this. And here's what we should expect from that. Mm-hmm. Creating vision, creating a, a journey for them to follow, a pathway for them to follow. And it may not go a hundred percent according to plan, but if we begin to paint pictures for the young people in America today to give them some trajectory, give them a direction to follow. Right. And, and so. It's, that's tough, though, because you don't want to blind. I mean, no. right? you just don't want to be yeah. pulling them. And, and, and so tell they, them where you want them to go. It's got to be their idea. Yeah. Right? I mean, we all know this. You got to yes. gently course guide the ship. Instead yeah. of taking the wheel and jerking it, you got to yes. you, you turn the sails. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you're heading a different direction, right? Right. Well, and, and here's the thing, though, is that we need to be able to provide them realistic perspectives. Yeah. Right? We yeah. have to be able to tell them what they should expect and what they shouldn't expect. In our industry... The older guys have just said, well, I ain't doing that, right? Yeah. And it can be because of the way we paid. It can be because of the way that, that shop owners didn't feel like they were respected by the technicians or whoever it was or the service advisor. There's tons of reasons. But the problem is, is that because we didn't think they were listening, we stopped talking, right? Maybe part of that and also the human brain just thinks that's the only option. Once yeah. you're stuck in a rut, this is where I, this is where I live. Yeah. Obviously now with the internet... And all yeah. the information out there, you can see the different ways. Yeah. And some people might not want to run a shop the way yeah. we talk about it. Yeah. They don't agree with it. Maybe right. they like Scotty Kilmore and they, they appreciate what he does. Bro, I'm going to kick you off the show. <laughs> I can't believe you even brought that. <laughs> but the point is, even even for what he puts out there, there's got to be, um, I don't know what the right word for it is, but it's content out there that gives people the opportunity to see different perspectives. And that's yeah. what's important. Give you enough information, just like 
with the client, give them yeah. enough information to make an informed decision to what they want to do with their vehicle sure. or with their life. Like it's all right. Well, and I, you know, dude, I, I tell you, I, I, when you say that, it makes me think about that video. One of the videos that I sent you over because he's talking <laughs> about the he's talking about the internet opened our world. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, and like so, he said, "Look, you used to be able to market to this box, and this is the product that that we built." And so we want to market that to the entire market. We want to market that to the entire market share. And he's like, uh, that doesn't work anymore, right? Yeah, right. Like there are different people who want different things and they're unique and they, they believe they deserve that different thing. Yeah. Now, as professionals, we have to set professional standards, right? You don't go to the doctor and say, well, hey, my knee blew out. I just want you to replace the part of my knee that's broken right now. <laughs> and uh, by the way, here's my part, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so I think we have to have professional standards that says, hey, I'm sorry, there's certain things I can't do, but I'm also willing to serve you the way that you want to and be served. And that's based on experience of like making mistakes. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, when the first year in business, bring in whatever you got, bring me your parts. I'll give you a discount. Yeah. You're just, I just need to get cash flow, right? Yeah. Is there something wrong with that? Is that a bad thing? I yeah. mean, you can have these standards, but if you don't got the cash flow, if you don't got people coming yeah. to your front door. Right. That you got a bigger well, problem than trying to set standards, so it's 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 difficult. I you, you know, have to evolve. There, there was a conversation a while back, and Scott Hicks was on the show, and Scott's wanting to start a mobile diagnostic company, right? And David just absolutely rages out, and he said, "Look, he said it doesn't make a hill of beans if he wants insurance, if he wants this, if he wants that, if he wants the other, if he has no clients to pay for it. Oh, absolutely, it doesn't yeah. matter. And yeah. so I really see that point, but in the same respect, like. If we're going to go be a business owner, and I, I've told people this before, I would not go into this underfunded, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if I'm undercapitalized, I'm not getting ready to try and make this happen. That's true. Because if I jump into this and I don't have the money to take care of things, and David says, well, I mean, what what are they going to do? Like, he's he's a fly-by-night mobile diet guy. He burns a shop to the ground. Like, they're going to yeah. sue him. He doesn't have anything. So they just take whatever it was that he did have, and he just starts over and whatever. Right. Or maybe he doesn't give them a paper receipt. So there's no documentation that even did it. Yeah. And, and, but my problem with that is, is then that leads us right back to where we're at right now that we have people creating a bad image for our industry. Right. And if we're professionals and doing the right thing, I believe we have to create a better image for our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do believe though, and, and for those who ask those questions like, hey, or, do you really believe this crap? I genuinely believe that we're fighting an uphill battle. Right. We're never going to win the hearts and minds of those people who believe in operating that way. Well, if you don't have the capital, you don't have it, you know. Yeah. And I can point the finger at myself. I did the same. I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. And we all kind of start there. And then we have this expectation that the next person opening a shop is going to know everything we know and do it all right. And not, you know, not get in touch with EPA and and hazardous waste and and get your insurance and all that. And then we all base everything on the worst case scenario. Oh, well, you're going to. You're going to kill somebody because a technician yeah. you, that you're underpaying isn't going to tighten something. He's going to roll over a car and kill a bunch of, you know, run into a school bus, right? It's like, yeah. that's not really going to happen. Like, right. We hope. It's going to. We hope. I mean, there, there, there's yeah. a slim chance that it, it's a possibility. Absolutely. But we've all started, I mean, definitely me bootstrapped and yeah. had less than $5,000 in my bank account for three years. Yeah. Hi, you know, hiring guys and paying them at minimum wage because in California, that's what I had to do. Yeah. Just, just so I can meet my status quo, I didn't get sued that way. Right. And then I had a guy uh, total vehicle, you know, front end yeah. collision, right after a, a six thousand dollar ticket. It's like oh, I've had these bad, man. I've had these bad things happen to me, but I got up and 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 
put my boots on and got back to work the next day. So right? I am like, I'm going to keep moving do. forward. Well, and, and yeah. you know, look, I, I look at all the problems in life, right? And I, sometimes we become, um, I was telling a good friend of mine the other day that we, we fall in love with our problems. You know what I'm saying? Like we love our problems so much that, that we're unwilling to let them go. And so when we talk about problems, right? Like I, I got a tax bill today that like hurt me in the feels, right? <laughs> I was really sad about it. Do you ever like those? Do uh, they ever make you feel good? Oh, this one hurt. This one I mean, really they, hurt. Oh, okay. This one really hurt. <laughs> and like, I didn't expect it and I didn't know it was coming. It was all my fault. Like 100. physically and emotionally? Yeah. Yeah, like one yeah of those. it was. It was Like bad. your first girlfriend in high school kind yeah. of hurt. It was, it was worse than that. It was, <laughs> it was like standing up here on this bridge that's in front of Hoover Dam and like standing square in the middle of it and looking over the edge, right? Like you get that tingle? You know what I'm saying? You get the tingle? It <laughs> Boy, is it tingled. Oh. Like when you when you're going skydiving that very first time and you drop out and you realize the you're yeah. not sure if the earth's coming to you, you're going to the earth. Right. Today. One of the two is gonna happen yeah. one way or another. <laughs> well, so like, you know, I think about that and then I'm like, but you know what? A few years ago, like that would have been bankruptcy, right? You know what I'm saying? Like okay. a few years okay. ago, that would have been yeah. that would have been impossible. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, that makes me mad. That upsets me. Wait a minute, you asshole! You can pay it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm that's saying. That's a fair point. Yeah, like, and so we, we're taking steps to get better and better. And and I, I think that that perspective of, or that ability to step back and look at things from yeah. the outside, looking in, and say, "Wow, like we're taking steps in the right direction here. We're moving." And I see our industry moving, right? Like I know the guys deep down in it don't see it, but I have seen movement over the past couple of years where we're moving in a good direction. One thing I am curious about, and I, I'm sure you saw it. There was a post going around the other day, and I, I'm going to do a whole podcast on the post uh, later today. But um, I watched and and read through the comments in this post where they were talking about like, hey, we're, we're going to see economic struggles in the auto repair space. And I have asked many technicians, many service advisors, many owners. I've asked many business coaches. We did a panel a while back. Is this sustainable? Right? Because a lot of technicians, what do they want right now? They want way more money. And they're asking for more and more and more. And they want more benefits. And we want to improve the industry. We want things to get better. Well, what do we have to do? We have to raise our rates. And this post said, look, the shops that are charging exorbitant rates are not going to fare well if the economy crashes. So they'll probably end up backtracking. So that means they won't be able to pay those technicians. So that will free those technicians back up in the market. Now, I've talked to my, my team and I've said, look, we've not overextended ourselves technician-wise and tried to hire everybody we could potentially hire and fill the new shop right away. We want to do this in a sustainable way. And I've got your pay configured in such a way that we can be sustainable even if things slow down, even if things change, Right. But is it sustainable? These guys that are out here making one hundred and ten, hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, are they going to be the first ones that go when the economy crashes? If the economy crashes, yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, in California, that's this is a median. So, I guess yeah. we're we're definitely having two conversations about what our tech should be paid. But on the point of overpaying and having them leave the like the dealerships, that's what's happening right now. Yeah, that's a big. You go to the dealership because you want to be busy and you want to get paid good. And I think that's being lost right now. And, yeah. and then their techs are leaving the dealerships because it's like, wow, I'm not I'm not flagging the hours. I came here flat yeah. rate because I wanted to make my 120, right? But it's not yeah. guaranteed. And now these shops, independents are offering this guaranteed 
You don't yeah. need to be flagging this kind of hours. You just come work for me. I'll pay you your hundred thousand. I mean, right. in California, that's what's happening. Like that's yeah. that's. Well, I mean, that's what's happening. I think it's all over the country, and and I've been very very cautious. A lot of it was not intentional, right? I'm not going to say that my caution was intentional and I planned for an economic downturn. Now, I've been to two or three events recently. Um, as a matter of fact, we sat here two or three years ago, and Seth was talking about, Seth Thorson was talking about a conference that he went to that was four CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. And they were talking about this economic thing. And he was saying that expect a good time, expect things to go really well for a while, expect it to downturn a little bit, turn and come back, and then crash. Right. And that's what the greatest economic minds in the world think is going to yeah, happen. That's in. just the cycle. That's right. Just- if you're if you're in a stock market, if you have a portfolio, that's just go look at your portfolio for the last ten years. Ah, uh, that's tough because we had COVID, but I you mean, know what still, I'm like that, that's, right. that's just what happens. And, and well, and, and that's true. And COVID has been remarkably good for the automotive business up to this point. Up to this point, but, but is this did that set a house of cards? Right. Exactly. Well, the American savings is the lowest it's ever been. Well, maybe not lowest it's ever been, but it's pretty low right now. The yeah. amount of money in the American savings account. Is, is pretty slim pickings right now. Yeah. And so it makes you say, hang on now, are we in for something here? And, and so if, if that happens, I guess my question for you is, what do you think happens to these technicians in these overextended shops? I, I'm not, like I said, I wasn't going to say that I was cautious because I was worried about the economy crashing. Yeah. I was cautious because I didn't want to overextend myself and start promising things because everybody around me was telling me there may be changes. And so if I go offer my guys who I really care about $100,000 a year and nobody's come to me and said like, hey, I'm thinking about going somewhere else and I need more money, I'm not going to overextend myself to the point that if it all crashes down, I have to let them go. Yeah, you're you're better off paying them something than nothing. Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like that sustainability of a business. And and that's what I worry about for all these guys who are out making $110,000 a year, $80,000 a year, whatever it is. If the economy crashes, are they going to be the first ones to leave those yeah, shops? And I think worrying about it and taking an action about it is two different things. Yeah. And kind of back to your point about like getting in a business and it's having the confidence to know that it's just going to keep moving forward. Yeah. And I think the having the mental shift from day one through day 365, your yeah. first year owning a shop, you don't want to invest in all these things right in quotes yeah. like i don't want all this stuff this doesn't make me any money like yeah. all i need to worry about is marketing get cars in the door fix the cars and then get paid yeah. i don't need all this other stuff it doesn't yeah. make me any money but as you progress you start realizing all those things are just as important right yeah as you move along the in business it's, well, yeah, it's balanced but it's also like well you don't want to be fine you don't want to get audited yeah. so do your taxes get a bookkeeper get a yes. cpa don't do it yourself because yeah. an audit will put you out of business right yep, but absolutely. The, during the first year you're not worried about it. Like as long as I got money in the account, I don't need to worry right. about that. I don't exactly. need to worry about that. And in your first year, you don't really have anything they can yeah, take no anyway, anyway. So it's not going to matter. Okay, bad point. But like with hazmat, right? So then yeah. you realize the EPA starts ro- roaming around, you know, and you got to be hooked up with your county hazmat to make sure that oil is being recycled. And if you don't have a permit, you're going to get fined. And, yeah. and all these things happen years down the road. But in that first year, you're not worried about it. Right. You, you, yeah. you just, I don't need to do it. But then as you evolve, you start realizing these things are important. And then you gain the confidence to know like, okay, well, I couldn't afford it 
I can't afford it the first year. Yeah. I can afford it the second year. And as you move along in three years, four years, five years later down the road, you start realizing, okay, it looks like a big stretch, but it's going to pay for itself. Like yeah. it's going to pay for itself and for I'll sure. have the money. The money's going to come in. Like, yeah. and so right now what's going to happen? I don't know. How much time do you spend worrying about it? Pay yeah. your guys what they need. Make sure you're being profitable and just have the confidence that what you're doing is the right thing and that you're going to, it's going to, you know, pay back. And, and when here, here's the big one is that when trouble does come, don't panic. Don't panic. Absolutely. Think about what yeah. you're doing. Think about where you're going. Right. Yeah. I, I remember my business coach. One of the first things that we ever talked about is he was telling me a story about two businesses, same town that he worked with. And he was saying, look, here's the situation is I've got a business over here. 2008 happens. And he says, oh, my gosh, I don't have any money. Nobody's going to fix their cars. We're going to we're going to go out of business. There's nothing we're going to be able to do about it. I need to save every dime I can. And, and the other business says, well, if there's no money, what are they going to be doing? They're going to be fixing their car they have now because new cars are expensive. Used cars are expensive. They, they are going to end up fixing the used car anyway if they buy it. And most consumers are smart enough to see through this. So what are they going to do? They're going to fix the car that they know and it's paid for. (laughs) And so we talk about it. And he said, so the one shop says, I'm going to advertise and I'm going to tell my consumers that. The other shop, what do they say? They say, oh, I can't can't advertise. I need to put that money in the account. I don't have the money. I don't don't have have the money money to advertise. And so what happens? One goes out of business and one thrives. Right. And so I've always remembered that story because I think about how many shops they, they get in their field so quick that they don't make rational decisions. Yeah. Right, emotion is a bad based on emotions or based on fear. Yeah, emotions a bad place to make decisions. Fear is a bad place to make decisions because you're not making them out of education. You're not making them out of fact. Right, you're making them out of out of this this imaginary thing. Right, and I tell people all the time that when we talk about like anxiety, I went to a uh, I had this anxiety issue. I go to a therapist, and he he points out and he's like, you know what anxiety like literally is defined as. And I said, what? He said, it literally means something that may never happen. Right? And I'm like, okay, what's your point? He's like, you know, you're afraid of something that has not happened yet. And it may even be an irrational fear and it may never happen. But you're focusing such a large portion of your energy on it that your mind is looking in a different direction. Yeah. And he's like, so you're going to make it happen because you're so worried about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds easy when you say it like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know, right? I know. But when it goes back into your brain and you have, and they start coming up, it's really hard to talk yourself out of it. Yeah. But, and, and some of it, you just have, I don't know if you have to be blind or put your blinders on and just have your vision, yeah. have your mission, know what you need to be done. And even though you're having these thoughts of like, all this, yeah. just keep pushing forward, yeah. you know? And that's where having a coach comes in because just keep doing what you're doing, man. Right. But I don't want to just keep doing what you're doing. And you right. Just, you got to put your head down and tell yourself to shut up. Right. <laughs> Sit down, take a seat, and keep moving forward, man. You're going to be fine. Now, do you have a coach for your business? Yeah. yeah. Who's your I'm coach? with the Institute. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Now, let me ask you this because I, this is something that, that I've asked a lot of shop owners about and, and, you know, just out here mingling, talking to shop owners. When I talk to them, one of the questions I have is, what's your vision? What's your destination? And did your coach help refine that, right? Because one of the things that, that I thought was really interesting in my past couple of experiences when when dream building and, and vision building, right? Yeah. One of the big things that I thought was so cool about that is I had people in my life who said, hey, now, hold up. I don't know how realistic that is. Or, hey, maybe you're undershooting. I don't think you've clearly defined that. 
right? And so it's been really cool. And and the last one of those, when I had a coach, he sat down and we really talked through what is the vision? Like, what is it? And have you really broken that down with them yet? Have they have they reviewed that? What's vision? your what's your why? Yeah. No. I. Uh, no. I mean, I, to I be bet perfectly, it's coming. yeah. To be perfectly honest, it's been my why was to take the shop and make it better. I was so sold on the shop because it was in the community for forty years. Yeah. And I could not see it die. I wanted to bring it back to life. Yeah. I just I don't know why. That was that. That's what I wanted to do. I just right. I was like, I'm going to take this. I'm going to make it better, and I have. Right. Um, and then I had the goal. Okay, I really wanted. I really want to have a million dollar revenue shop in California. It's not that big of a deal anymore. Yeah. And that seemed to be how the carrot's been dangling for me. Right. Yeah. Like I need to make enough to afford a two hundred fifty thousand dollar home. You make enough to do that, and then the houses go up another hundred thousand, right. another hundred thousand, like, another hundred thousand. They just keep dangling the carrot in front of me, right? And so, even though I've made that goal, and this year we're on track to break a million dollars. Yeah. So I'm in my mind, I'm like, well, what's next? And it's, it's a scary place. Cause then you lose yeah. that fire, you lose that passion. And that's not what you want to do. Like I, I need to get what the next, what do I want? And so I'm well, constantly like, what do I do next? And it's like, keep yeah. this, keep the motivation, keep it going. Cause I don't want to lose what I got. Right. Right. Well, you know, how many, how many shop owners do we both know that have said, I want to be the best. Okay, well, what's oh, the... Oh, that's, yeah, that's... I mean, right? what why, is the why best? else would you do it? <laughs> right? I want to be the best. Well, what is the best? Right. And the best for you looks different than the best for somebody else. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And that's one of the big things that when we started working through my vision, it's like, nah, man, like, that's not enough. Like, that's not enough to sustain you in hard times. Like, you don't understand what the destination... You don't understand where you're going. You can't smell it, see it, taste it. And, and I think Dutch said it the best. It's like, if you want to own a shop and be close at 3 o'clock and go fishing right. with, your, with your son... That's that's your win. Yeah, you exactly. want to own ten shops. That's your win. Right. Whatever your win is, you just go do that. Right. But, but you have to define it. Yeah. And 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 sometimes the problem is is that defining that is harder than just saying this is what I want. Yeah. Right. Because we're we're short sighted creatures, you know. And and one of the things that that I've always heard, I think it was Jordan Peterson who says we're aiming creatures. Right. So we, we think about something, we envision something, we aim at it, and we go in that direction. And so we follow that pathway. Yeah. It doesn't matter if the aim is a good aim or not. Right. Right. Yeah, like there's no other may, options. This is yeah, the way I'm going. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We may be going in the wrong direction. We may be going in a spot that's not what's best for us, and we don't understand that or we don't see that. And so, man, I'm telling you, I think that talking to your coach and talking to your people about, hey, like, what is the vision? What is the destination? I've been like laying this out over the past couple of months for my team like yeah. what what is it we're trying to accomplish and then what happens when you achieve that that's why you gotta why you I mean, gotta that, like why you gotta do that to me <laughs> i mean that, that that's, wasn't nice that's the real thing and it's something that yeah until this year i haven't even thought like that wasn't even a thought it's just like for five years it's been six years seven years i don't know i'll have to look at a calendar yeah. to figure tell you how long it's been but you just put your head down you show up be the first one in, last one out, and you just keep refining your systems, refining your systems. Yeah. Talking to people, right? Yeah. Finally, and I, I, w- I wish I would have got a coach, coach a long time ago, but yeah. I didn't have the money. I mean, it's right. like, it's a chunk of money. Yeah. And now that I'm doing it, it's like, yeah, I wish I would have done it sooner, but there's no way I could have. Right. And now I've listened to so much and retained so much information that a lot of the coaching I'm getting is kind of just reinforcing 
the practices that I've been putting into place or like right. redefining. And it's still important because it's like, oh, this is what I've been trying to mold and create. Yeah. And well, all you got to do is like, this. oh, boom. And they click together and it all goes right. in place like, boom, then it's done. And it's like in the last six months, because we started at the beginning of this year. Yeah. Um, and just in the last six months, it's just like everything's just clicked together, clicked together, clicked together. Because well, all, the, all the foundational stuff was already there, you know? Right. Well, and, and so to that tune, like a coach can take you and get you to that next level. Absolutely. Quick. They yeah. can usually pay for themselves. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I use uh, Reno with Empowered Advisor to coach our advisors love her death she's fantastic and so one of the things we talked about is like hey this is an expensive program but this is a valuable program yeah right and so i've watched our advisors develop as human beings not just as advisors but as human beings and learn communication skills and learn how to communicate and see things differently right and so you know when we when we look at that growth the amount of growth that that monthly investment makes for you Right, because all of a sudden we're not just talking about, hey, by the way, we're gonna we're gonna come in here and we're gonna tell you what's wrong with your business. We're talking about we're gonna create a plan that not only pays for the coaching that you're paying for, but we're gonna create a plan that gives you that time off because that's what you want. We're gonna create a plan that gives you that ten shops because that's what you want. Like that's what your vision, that's what your destination is, and what you've set for it. And so because they have this outside picture. And you're, we were talking about emotion and like emotion will lead you in the wrong direction. Right. These business coaches being on the outside have this perspective that doesn't have emotion involved. Absolutely. And so what, like, I want to, I want to be a $10 million a year shop. Well, yeah, I understand that, <laughs> but you got three bays. It's not going to happen. Well, I want a, minute, a toilet made out of solid gold, but it ain't right? in the cards, baby. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't, why would one want a toilet made out of solid gold? I don't know. It, I'm, it I'm sound, curious. It sounds now. cool. I don't know. I mean, like, does it? Does, would it have a benefit? Do you think? I mean, I I've, never, I've never had better? one. Yet. If you get one, let me know how it goes. <laughs> but on on the point of solid gold streak free flushing. Um, streak free flushing. Is that what? <laughs> oh no! Oh, it's a lot of red meat this uh, week in Vegas. So I don't know how Vegas does it with their sewer system. But oh, that's rough. Uh, not to derail, but. Um, uh, on that note, like with technicians, and one of the things with me with coaching, wrapping my head around was return on investment. So yeah. they make, yeah, they make their money, and then they make you yeah. money. But showing you to pay a tech, and what that will do if you pay them appropriately, right? Yeah. And you can't just throw a number at the wall. Oh, I'm going to pay him fifty bucks an hour. Right. For what? How do you know? Right. Yeah. And as a tech turn shop owner, like most of them, us out there, yeah, we know what we were paid. And you just can't wrap your mind around paying right. someone else more than that Absolutely. to come into your shop because you're the best technician. Absolutely. I was the best technician. Yep. So if I, if me as an AZ certified master technician and transmission builder never got paid more than $30 an hour, there's no way I'm paying anybody more than $30 to work in my shop, right? Yep. And, and it's like, well, I was in a shop that was not well managed. And now yeah. I've become, I'm not a technician. I've moved to yeah. being a manager in my mind. It's like now I have to see... And I just wouldn't have seen that without a coach. I wouldn't like look if if he produces this, you can yeah. pay him X amount. Well, I, man, I'm I'm telling you, I think in so many cases that's why we always say that technicians make terrible business owners. Yeah, right? is because they they have this mindset. And one of the one of the worst flaws I ever had was I kept trying to hire people and teach them to be technicians, and I never wanted to hire somebody that was better than me. Yeah. And now looking back, what a dumb, 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 <laughs> dumb, dumb thing to do. Right? Like, how stupid is that? That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Why would you ever do that? 
And so now I'm I'm like, hey, it makes a it whole still, lot of it still sense. makes sense to me. It still rings a bell with me. Like yeah. even even though you say I mean it is dumb, but it's it's still you can relate to it because well, that's I, what I you go it, through. I think it's our security. Yeah. Right? And yeah. and I think when we make a decision in life that I don't have to feel secure all the time. I don't have to feel okay all the time. Yeah. Right. And I know that sounds like this terrible cliche thing to say, right? But when we make a decision in life that there are going to be hard times. There are going to be things that do not feel nice. I'm going to go through struggles. I'm going to go through things where other people in the room are smarter than I am, right? I, I can't remember who said it. They said, you want to get good at tennis, play somebody that's better than you, yeah. right? Because your game will rise to their level. Right. Well, I, that, that's what your business does. Don't be the smartest guy in the room. Exactly. Ever. Yeah. Ever. And so, you know, I think that we build this circle around ourselves because that gives us confidence. It makes us feel substantial, Right. And the reality of it is, is the only way to actually truly become substantial is get outside of your comfort zone because growth doesn't happen in your comfort zone, right? You will remain right there in that zone forever. But if you'll push yourself out of it, you'll see true growth and not just look, not just in your business. That's why I think coaching is so powerful because it, it grows you as a father. It grows you as a husband. It grows you as a human being. Yeah. It grows you as a business owner. There, there's so much the more mental aspect yeah. to it than just looking at the financials yeah absolutely and even though that's important i yeah. mean you got you got to know you, <laughs> you got to make sure your numbers are right otherwise you can't right. pay your guys and if you're not in the if you're not paying your guys and you're stressed because they're not showing up and they're not producing they're not making then you can't even get yeah. yourself in the mental space to start working on yourself yeah but exactly. like i said you have to back up a little bit and work on yourself and realize yeah. man i'm not a good teacher i'm not a good leader yeah. i'm not a good boss yes and you think that you're going to own a shop and you're not going to be that numbers pusher. You're not just going to sit in the office yep. and tell people what to do. Yep. You know, you're going to get out there and you're going to work shoulder to shoulder with your technicians and you're going to teach them all your ways. And, and, yeah. and then you're all going to have beers at five o'clock and, and right. And Let it's like these dreams, <laughs> these dreams of like glory right. and grandeur. And it's like, you can do that, but you have a long ways to yeah. go before that's like, <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and that's just it is that, that it is a long journey. Yeah. It's not an overnight journey. Right. And I think that awareness is the most important part of it. Right. I think awareness of weaknesses, awareness of strengths. Right. We always talk about SWOT analysis and pest analysis. The the willingness to sit back and write down like, hey, where am I where am I not good at? Yeah. So often I think as business owners, especially when we're in a situation where we don't have any formal business owner training, we we think weakness. Well, I don't have any weakness. And and it's really that we're unaware of the weakness or we're unwilling to look at the weakness. But until we recognize the weakness, you know, I pissed a bunch of people off the other day. And and I said, hey, I said, we were talking about the 300% rule. And I really upset a couple posters. And I, it was the guy who was talking about the Subaru engine and the timing belt idler pulley failed. You know what I'm talking about? Did you see that it was an ASOG? No, I didn't it see was, that. It was a, one of the idler gears. The bearings went out in it. And it looked like it had a semi-new timing belt on it. And I said, look, here's the deal. I said, if you didn't put on there that this vehicle needs a timing belt every however many miles, then you're somewhat responsible for this. Yeah. And they said, how can you say that? He didn't cause that to fail. Of course he didn't cause it to fail. It's not about him causing it to fail. He didn't advocate either. He didn't advocate. But here's the thing. If you go to the doctor, he didn't tell you, have, you know, same thing. Why well, did you tell me I had cancer? Oh, you know. 
but but it's bigger than that yeah right it's bigger than that for me and here's why it's bigger than that and and it was the whole purpose of my comment and i don't think they heard me i don't think they saw through it to see what oh, I was they heard it, they to just say. Didn't listen well here, here's what it was it was extreme ownership it was that if i take responsibility for said failure then by god i can fix said failure Right? Very good point. Yes. And, and it has nothing to do with whose fault it is the damn car's broke. The point is the car's Absolutely. broke. Yep. What could I have done differently? Yep. And they said, well, but it's not his fault. It broke. If he goes to court, he's probably not going to lose. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't matter. It's Focusing the point. on the wrong part of the conversation. Right. If, yep. if I had, it, what could I do to change that scenario? Yep. Well, if I put it on the ticket and said, hey, it needs a time about this many miles. It has this many miles on it now. Just want to make you aware of it. And the client says, no, I don't want to do that. Then at least I've done my part to educate the consumer. Guess what? Now it is a moot point. Yep. If I if I go to the judge and say, "Well, we did right here. Tell her need to be done." Yeah. What's the judge gonna say? Another another point of, of just going to the worst case scenario. It doesn't even need to get to the judge. Doesn't need to go to court. Yeah. Like, and I I hear it all the time on the Facebook group on the on the page too. It's like, oh well, you need to do this because you need to justify yourself. How many of us have gone to court? Yeah. over this kind of stuff, Absolutely. right? You yeah. got a small claims, a- worst case scenario, right? And so I've always said, someone comes in upset, which we don't, we don't actually don't get a whole lot. I mean, Leanne yeah. does a fantastic job of advocating and, and uh, treating yeah. clients right and educating them. But And yeah, Jimmy just buries ha- the bodies if they're upset, <laughs> so they don't count anymore. Yeah, so don't piss her off. Uh, right. Then I got <laughs> John Fern. But yeah, I mean, they come in, they're upset, and it's like, so... I see both sides of the story here. Yeah. Bottom line is, you came to me. There's a there's something that went wrong, and you're not happy with it. How do I fix this? Yeah. What do you need? How much money do you need? What do you need from me right now? Right. No, no. I would just want to tell. It's like no, no, no. Like we don't need to argue about this. Yes. You're right. I'm wrong. How do we fix this? Yeah. Maybe you can apply that to marriage counseling too. Oh, dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. That is I, the most powerful I, I, I thing. I should ever. probably do that more with with her too. But right. I mean, to to the point right. of like running the shop and, and taking the ownership it's like just dude even if it's not yours yeah it's still a learning opportunity for when it becomes your problem if we ask somebody look more than anything and and i man i, I took this lesson super hard because it was scary for me and the lesson was is that that to ask clients what you can do to to make them feel better about the situation what right. what do you need from me Right. Yeah. And and the same thing in, in our personal relationship with my wife, right? Like one of the things that I've noticed about that is we've she said just the other night, you know, we were talking about it and she said, I remember when we would argue about everything. And she said, Now we talk about everything. Right? Like we have a conversation about it. And we we both matured. We both grew up. We both understood that that wasn't healthy and it wasn't a good environment. It wasn't like we fought like cats and dogs. Just, it was, yeah, it was trying, an argument. You're just trying to win an argument instead right. of fix a problem. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, when you go to the consumer and you say, What do you want? I think it's so scary for shop owners. Why is it scary? Because they think it's going to cost them a bunch of money. Do you know that 90% of consumers say, I just wanted to be heard? Yeah. I just wanted you to understand I wasn't happy. I didn't like what was going on. Yep. I didn't think you understood what I was trying to say. Yep. And so if we say, hey, I am so sorry this happened, like help me understand what it is I can do for you because I want to make sure we take care of you. Is there anything you need? What? Tell me how you feel. Right. Let them vent. Let them get it out. And then you ask them, like, what do you need from me? They're often going to say, man, I just want you to hear what I had to say. And thanks, for, and thanks for listening. Exactly. I'll be back next week. Ima- imagine that. Like, and, and I think we look at it and we have this idea in our head that it's going to turn out way worse than $100,000 or something. Like, come yeah. on now. And, and on the point of financial and like being scared, you're going to have to pay out. Well, what's your time worth? 
You yeah. want to argue with this guy for 30 minutes yeah. to not even solve the problem? Because you're not going to win an argument no. with, with, a, with a client that's upset about their vehicle. It, it's an emotional You will never win an argument, argument. with a client. No. It, it, even if they walk out. It might out, end, right? But right. you're going to win. You, you lost you no lost. matter what. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, you lost you, no matter you're what. You're never going to get back into their, their pocket again. Right. And they're going to tell at least three people they know. Yeah. Right? And so they're going like, to tell three other people. Right. And then still, yeah. you've, you've still wasted 30 minutes of your time as a shop yeah. owner arguing. And that was what really hit me. When I when I when I was going through that process of like how do I how do I fix this how do I deal with this upset yeah. client right yeah and I realized how much time I'll spend and it got to the point like look I'm not we're not even going to start arguing because yeah. I don't have the time for this I have other things I need to be doing yeah right so how do I cut to the chase here and I looked at it as if my time is worth two hundred dollars an hour yeah. even if I were to refund him the two hundred dollars it it or whatever it is it's like yeah. you just do that cost analysis and it's like. Wow, if I could be done with this conversation in five minutes and save myself $195. Oh, and, and here, even on top of that, one of the reasons that I think we do that is because we have this vision in our mind that what's going to happen is, is we're going to get a completely unreasonable or crazy client, right? And and look, the eviction client that, that I catch such a hard time <laughs> over, right? How stupid is that? <laughs> um, what, but, ha- what, what happened to you? What, what was eviction? What does that mean? I, I always wanted to ask you that. You don't know. You didn't see the video. No, no, no. I saw everything, but well, hey, that's not the right word. I now, know. Like, now, <laughs> Kim and Brian were like, "Hey, but did you cho- did you choose that word?" Or? Okay, so here, here's what a lot of people didn't know about that story is that my back had gone out the week before, and I could barely walk. Right, like I couldn't feel my feet, and I could barely stand up straight. I was in excruciating pain, and I had like I heard it. And I had a really important meeting I had to be at. And so I hardcore worked out trying to stretch out what was hurt. And I ended up pinching the nerve worse. And so, like, I could barely get my feet up to walk, right? Like, when I would take steps, I couldn't tell where my foot was. And so I was in, like, excruciating pain in the first place. And so then she comes at, like, my staff. And I go up and I try and solve it. So I'm already stressed out to the max because I don't feel good. I'm, I'm miserable in the first place. And so here I am, and she comes in, and I don't know if it was the stress or what, but I like just randomly picked the wrong effing word. Okay, that's fair. It worked. It worked into like all of our advantages, I guess, because now it's made a thing. It was completely accidental. It was not on purpose. I'm not that stupid. I am that stupid. Never mind. Let we me all. Take that no, back. I mean, but we all. We all make mistakes. <laughs> under pressure. I, you know, I even not under word. pressure, just being in a situation like that. Yeah. It just, it just goes to show it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Right. It just, well, I, 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 I thought maybe you chose it on, on purpose or no, I'm not that if it smart. was like a North Carolina thing or no, I'm not that smart. Oh, okay. It's like, not a North man, Carolina that's how, that's thing. How that was just, it. that that was pure stupidity. Cause it's in exactly California you can't was. evict anybody. So we're not allowed to use that word. Right. So <laughs> they took it out of the dictionary in California. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, but I mean, like that's that's less than one percent of the clients you're ever going to encounter. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Like it's such a low percentage of people that you're ever going to run into that that's going to be a thing. Yeah, and you're going to base your whole business practice and your SOPs based on the on the one percent. Come on now. Right, and so what do you do? You talk to them. You say, "Look, hey man, help me understand. Help me." And and you know that's one thing that I'm learning and developing as a business owner is is trying to find myself in all this and i've talked about that in the show before when we were in three bays 
we had like a perfect metric set up to where the shop just did what the shop did, right? It was maximized. It ran at full throttle all the time. It did in three bays, $125,000 to $130,000 a month. It just did what it was supposed to do. And then we moved, and I recognized that I did not have enough consumers, right? Like my clients are really fantastic clients, and they all buy into the process, but there weren't enough of them who bought into that process on their own Right, that said, hey, we're going to be clients of this business because this is the service we want. Remember that video I sent you that I keep bringing up? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's he talking about? He's talking about you got to build the product for the consumer. Right. You don't like the, you don't get to build a product and tell the consumer that's their product. Now you uh, have to unless build. you're McDonald's. No. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so that that's his point is like, hey, you have to develop this thing for them. And so now I'm looking and saying, okay, how do I redevelop myself to fill that? that void how do i develop myself to grow the shop and to get it to where it's and that's and that's getting to the next goal just like i said yeah once you once you meet that goal and that's exactly where i'm at yeah exactly i'm like so now that we've hit this ceiling in a sense mm-hmm. i don't want to call it a ceiling but we've met that goal everything really does need to change and yeah I've been so stuck on not doing oil changes, not doing maintenances. I don't, I don't want to yeah. deal with that. I want the big stuff to come in. We got a fourteen hundred dollar ARO. Like we achieved all these things I set. Yeah. But that put us in a direction where now we have to backtrack a little bit. I don't know if I call it backtrack, but we definitely need a course correct. Yeah. And change the way we do things a little bit to bring in a new base yeah. client. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like, how do you do that with without sacrificing your your set goals that or your set yeah i don't know what the word is for it the the standard right yeah we, your own standard practice we have, like, a, st- we have yeah. a standard and we set call the it standard. A standard necessarily i guess your own personal kind of standards yeah well you know? i mean that that's the thing is like we have our own standards our industry does not really have a set standard in a lot of ways but we have a personal set standard for our business right and we have this idea of what it needs to be and how it needs to run and so I think that you bring the Institute in is a fantastic idea because they're going to look at this from 30,000 feet and say, ah, maybe there's yeah. a better way to do this. A different way. Yeah. I think there's, there's gonna, there has to be a different way. You just and hate the idea of somebody else having a better idea. You hate the idea of somebody having a better idea. Yeah, than of you. course. I'm a technician. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how can people find the podcast? What, and, and give us a hint. What's coming up next over the next couple of months for the uh, podcast? I got some cool stuff coming up. Um, I got a really, really good one lined up. Uh, we're going to talk about the technician shortage. Okay. Um, got some guys in the transmission specialty field. Okay. Um, Mr. Jim from Sonics himself. Oh, nice. So he's going to come on um, with David Tang and then talk about uh, the shortages. And then I got uh, Paul Danner coming out nice. pretty soon. We had a good conversation with him and his wife at ASTE. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very cool. It's, it's a slow, it's a slow rolling ball, but like I said, I, I enjoy it. And then I still got to run the shop too. So there you go. Definitely, you know how where, it is. <laughs> where can they find the? Uh, where can they find the podcast? All at? your national podcast listening apps. What'd you say? Listening apps. Listening apps. Yeah, Spotify. Bro, and my favorite is the Apple Store. So my favorite place to find it is going to be on your podcast app on your iPhone. What's the name of the show again? <laughs> it's the Gearbox Podcast with Jimmy Purdy. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Yeah, man. This is good. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. 
and don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.